I'm glad to be back. This is the Chinese version of whatever they got, man. It's something weird. Take your Bibles, go to Genesis 41. Well, it's, just a, it's a blessing. It's a blessing just to be alive. <laughs> it's more of a blessing to be alive and trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and be saved and on your way to heaven. Uh, and you got to get to, like Brother Randy just prayed, you got to get to the place in life where you just realize that life is short. And uh, if the sooner you get to the place where you realize it's not all what it cracked up to be, it's not going to be all that what it's cracked up to be. And, and uh, this world is not your home. You're just a passing through. And as soon as we get a hold of that stuff, and sometimes it takes us a while to get a hold of it, uh, before you really realize that uh, all your dreams and everything else that you think this world has for you really doesn't have anything for you. Uh, the Lord has everything for you. And uh, it's his world. It's his kingdom. Uh, he, uh, the songs, all, all the songs, you read all your song books. I mean, every single one of them is amazing. Uh, all the songs point back to a man named Jesus Christ. Uh, every one of them point to a place that you're going to go is heaven. None of them says, praise God, hallelujah, I get to stay here for all eternity. The Jehovah Witnesses are crazy. Uh, they think the 144,000, once they got to the 144,000, it goes to heaven. Everybody else is going to live down here on the ground. And if that's what you want to do, man, you're out of your mind. Uh, I really don't want no part of that uh, until the Lord redoes it. Once he redoes it, then I'll take part of it. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not part of that 144,000. And the Lord's not limited to 144,000 that he can let into heaven. So his heaven's a lot bigger than what they give him credit for. Uh, but brother, I'm telling you what, this world is crazy, insane. Uh, they, they sit there and do some of the craziest things. They say something out of one side of their face, and out of the other side of their face, they say, change it. And, and uh, all the women's, I, I, I'm tickle pink right now, it's full circle. All the women's groups are really starting to get mad because nobody's standing up for the women's rights and the way the women are getting uh, treated in Israel when they were uh, uh, abducted by Hamas. Nobody's saying anything about that. And uh, some of the cruelties that went on, nobody's saying anything about that. Uh, but it's okay. Now they need to stop because, because you're hurting the Hamas. No, you need to wipe them out. I'm, I'm all for that, man. I'm a military guy. So if you get mad, that's, that's fine. You can get mad at me. I don't really care. I think they ought to go from, the, from Israel to the sea and just wipe them stinking completely out. Uh, they've had a problem with Gaza Strip since uh, Samuel. If you go back and read Judges, uh, Saul, or, uh, Samson went down into Gaza and killed a bunch of Philistines, man. I mean, it's just one of those, they've been fighting that thing over three, 4,000 years and there's not going to be a really a cure to that thing till God comes back. And now you got the, the Ukraine going wild up there, and China is, is looking at Taiwan. I mean, the whole thing is getting ready to explode. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, you got to control this whole thing. Yeah. Amen. He, it's his, he can, and, and I don't have to worry. I can lay my head down asleep. Now I lay me, you know, one of my favorite Psalms. <clears throat> Stay right where you're at. Don't move. I like, I like Psalms. Psalms is a great book if you read it. Uh, Psalm 3, verse 5 says, I laid me down and slept. I wake for the Lord sustained me. Uh, Psalm 4, verse 8 says, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, uh, for thou, Lord only makest me to dwell in safety. You don't have to worry about anything. Uh, a horse is vain. A horse is vain. Weapons is vain. Everything you got is vain. Uh, uh, the only thing you got that really matters is the Lord. And he can take care of anything. The more you read your Bible, what you start finding out is the Lord takes care of the problems. He will let you take care of it as long as you want to take care of it, and the outcome will be what you don't want. But he'll let you do it until you get to the place where you submit. We was at that funeral Friday for Eddie back, and uh, we went down there for Trina, and 
and Amanda and, and got down there and I talked to the pastor of the church down there for a few minutes and <laughs> he goes, oh, I finally got a face to put with this Anchor Baptist thing. I said, what do you mean? He goes, because Trina and, and Eddie just kept talking about Anchor Baptist, Anchor Baptist, Anchor Baptist, Anchor Baptist, Anchor Baptist. And I said, yeah, I told him to come down here because Eddie's being sick. And he goes, he goes brother, thank you very much for doing that. University Baptist Church, it isn't a church of our stripe completely. They used the New King James. Uh, they had some things. They had a big drum set over here in the corner behind glass. I don't know why they put it behind glass, maybe to calm it down some. I'm not sure what the glass stuff is, but it's like glass cathedral around their little drum set. Uh, and I, we sit there and talk, and he goes, those two came into our church and have lightened our church up completely. He goes, if it wasn't for them, he goes, there's all kinds of things. He goes, they come in and showed grace. They come in and showed long-suffering, enduring. Uh, they showed Trina showed hardness. You see, this could have been hard. He goes, but the greatest thing of the whole thing was Eddie Back got saved. And, and somebody said, well, he got, he, you let him go. I said, no. I said, he made a profession, but he never changed. Uh, he got down there, and, and in the process of dying, he knew he was going to die. And uh, in the last six, seven, eight months of, of his life, uh, he, he called a preacher up down and said, hey, can you come over and talk to me? He goes, man, I need to get saved. And uh, so the preacher come over. He goes, hey, this was already all set up. He said, I didn't have to do a thing. He said, I got in there, and I, he said, the, and Eddie asked to get saved. And whether he made assurance of his salvation and didn't know it or whether he actually got saved and and in any case, a change occurred in his life. And he said he lived the rest of his life, which was very short, uh, at least happy with joy and peace and everything in his heart. I told him, he said, isn't that a blessing? I said, we both got parts of that. I said, I got to help Trina, and she got saved out at LexisNexis. He goes, you worked with her at Lexus? I said, yes. I said, I helped Trina out there. She got saved. Then Trina started dealing with her husband, and, and now he's saved. And you're doing it. He goes, this is the easiest funeral you can do in the whole wide world because here's a man that's saved. Eddie knew where he was going, and he didn't play around, but he only had a couple months left to live. What's wrong with a lot of us is we play around with this world, and we don't let the thing go, and we never learn what the world has, and really never learn what the Lord has for us beyond that. We're all stuck in this world, which is okay. Pharaoh, <clears throat> when you're reading in, in uh, Genesis here, and, and uh, you, got, you should have some peace. I got peace. I can lay my head down. Them Psalms, Psalm 3 and 4. Uh, on a ship out there with a thousand men, I, I, I laid my head down. I didn't have to worry about nothing. I closed my eyes, went to sleep, said, see you in the morning, Lord. And I'd wake up in the morning, and I did that for five years, didn't care. If I didn't wake up in the morning, then, I, then that would be the Lord's choice. Uh, but you don't have to worry about a thing on this planet. You don't have to worry about man. You don't have to worry about nothing, nothing. Uh, when you start worrying about your job, you start worrying about the future, you start worrying about what you got coming, what you don't have coming, if your finances, all the... When you start worrying about all that stuff, what you're doing is you're, you're putting something between you and Jesus Christ, and he can solve every one of your problems. Uh, he may turn you around and just do something totally different, but, but you got to sit there and put it in his hands and let him work the problems out, and he did. Here you are right here uh, in verse 42, 41, 42. <coughs> I already did this verse. I'm just going to read it real quick. Uh, and Pharaoh took, uh, back to 41, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. Now, Jesus Christ has been set over the entire planet. The devil doesn't have control of this planet. Jesus Christ does. He lets the devil have reign right now, but it's going to end soon. Uh, behold, there, uh, 40, 40, 40, 42. And Pharaoh took a ring off his finger, like this, and he puts it on Joseph's finger. Uh, and, uh, puts it, uh, and Pharaoh took the ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and pure, uh, pure gold chain about his neck. 
And he made him to ride in the second chariot, which is the second place in heaven. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, they're equal, but the, the Father's the number one. The, the number two is, go to John chapter, I think it's 10. Do, 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 do. Might be 14, I don't know. It's in John, I know that. Do, do, do. It's a great book, man. <clears throat> no matter what the world says, Yeah, verse 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. So he put everything under Jesus Christ. Uh, he goes, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. So in the land, Pharaoh's greater than all. He goes... Uh, he says, my father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. So uh, in that picture right there, you got God's hand, then you got, you're in Christ's hand, which is in God's hand, and to get out of God's hand, you got to jump out of Christ's hands first, which you can't do, and if you could, you would land right into God's hand. You hang it up. It ain't going to happen. You're not going to lose your salvation. So when you get to back to Genesis, what you're getting there is a picture and God, all through your Old Testament, gives you pictures. And he gives you a picture so that when trials and tribulation comes into your life, you have something to hold back on. Reading your Bible is not something I tell you to do just because I think it's something I should tell you to do because that's what my job is to tell you to do that. No, reading your Bible will keep you out of trouble. Reading your Bible will give you the information and the data you need to help you make the daily uh, decisions you need to make. Pharaoh is sitting here. He speaks, Butler's there, the, the baker's not there, but the baker's dead. But uh, both of those had their life in his hand. And whatever he said, whether it was Nebuchadnezzar or it was Pharaoh, I don't care who it is, who's ever in charge, whatever they said, uh, I like to, uh, Esther, Esther's a great book. Esther's sitting there, Mordecai comes in there, Naaman's in there, uh, Haman's in there, and he's, he's trying to kill uh, Mordecai. And, and Esther says, this wicked Haman... He said, he said uh, hubby, he goes, I know you love me more than anything else, but I, I would have let you put me in slavery. But this guy right here wants to kill me and everybody. He goes, who wants to kill you? He goes, that guy, Wicked Haman. So he heads out in the garden. He's ticked off. He's walking around. And he walks back in, and here's Haman in a position he shouldn't have been, but uh, begging for mercy. And, and it says, as the words came out of the king's mouth, they put, covered his head, took him out, and hung him. Now, when, when a man like the Pharaoh or, or, or Nebuchadnezzar or Belteshazzar, any one of those guys did what they did, uh, the words that came out of their mouth was immediately uh, done and, and judgment fell. So here is when Pharaoh sat there and made him second, what that is, it's a perfect picture of God the Father making Jesus Christ second. You are not going to get to it. It says, I am the way, the truth, and life. There is no other way to heaven but through Jesus Christ. Now, I know everybody in this room pretty much is saved. There is no other way. There is no other way. So why in the world would we seek what this world has when there's no other way? There's no other way. If there's no other way to get into heaven, then there's no other way to live on this planet than to serve Jesus Christ. There's no other way. Uh, Pharaoh took his ring off, puts it on, <clears throat> gives him the ring, makes him the second to, the, to, the, uh, to, the, uh, to Pharaoh himself. Verse 43, and he made him ride in the second chariot, which he had, and, and they cried before him, bow the knee. So he made everybody uh, bow their knee to, to uh, Joseph. There's going to come a day, he says, every knee shall bow before Jesus Christ. Perfect picture again. 
It's going to happen. Uh, Pharaoh is a type of God. Joseph's the son of God. If you get to the book of Daniel, Daniel makes, uh, uh, the Lord makes Daniel a type of the Holy Spirit in that book uh, because the, uh, uh, Darius, Darius comes in and makes Daniel third in the kingdom, which is a picture of the Holy Ghost. Verse 44, and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I, have, I am Pharaoh, verse 44, I am Pharaoh. And without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world. Uh, Jesus Christ was in the world. It was made by him. Uh, it, it, nothing in this world, if you're going to come out of this world, the only way to come out of this world is through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. Otherwise, you're going to go to a place called hell. There is just no other way. Uh, Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? John uh, 14, 5. Thomas is honest. He goes, Lord, because I hear you say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Uh, I hear it, it says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. I got it. He goes, but you're going someplace and we have no idea how to get there. He goes, you got to come through me. Our problem is we try everything but that. Uh, I've talked to people, they don't want to get saved. They try everything but that. Uh, Verse 45, and Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath Penea. What a name. Why can't he just call him Zaph for short or something? I mean, but they have to have these long long names. And he gave him to wife uh, Asenath, the daughter of Potipharia, priest of On. And Joseph went all over the land of Egypt. Joseph gets his bride out of the world. Picture Jesus Christ. Guess where he got his bride at? Out of the world. Joseph is a Hebrew. He comes from the land of Canaan. Uh, He is of the tribe of Israel. And in this picture right here, Joseph is a picture of Jesus Christ. And he gets his bride from the world, which is Egypt. He said, and Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. So the, the, the word of God, uh, the, the lesson that we got here is that's what we're here for today. We're here to learn some things and take it out to the rest of the world. That's what we're here for. Jesus went to the world. When we don't do that, we fail, brethren. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Uh, the world will get you tied up into so much stuff. You hear me talk about sports all the time. You, I drag her. I don't care what it is, man. I don't care. You know, it's just our, our amusements take your life. Now, if you've done everything you can, it takes your life. Then somebody would say, well, you could have done more. Oh, well, I do this. I, I give three hours of this, and then I have three hours of this. Well, if you're only doing the three hours of this so that you could have your three hours of amusements, you ought to just toss the amusements out the window and just do everything for Jesus Christ. You know what the problem is today? You can't get away to do nothing for the Lord. They're so busy doing everything they need to do exactly. You know what I hear? It say, well, when I get time, you will never get time. Amen. You will never, ever get time. I've been doing this for, for 65 years, 66 years now. You will never get time. You know what you do? You throw everything else off and do. I'll give you all of the uh, apartments. Cool, man. I mean, uh, this week, hopefully, if we can settle on the paint, uh, <laughs> If we, well, I think we have settled on the color. I mean, I got a, I got a can of paint. To me, it looked beige-ish. Uh, but to others, it looked pink. And I won't tell you who the others are, but they look pink. And I was like, but it's beige. And uh, so when I went to it, I tried to lead people into telling me it's beige. And I got some people that would, would buy that. But anyways, I took it back over. They put some more brown in it. And now it's got more brown tones, earth tones to it. So... Uh, we're going to settle on that, and we'll paint the, the, the laundry room. And the laundry room will be up. Two apartments are rented out. 
Uh, we're, all the utilities are up and working the way it is. Uh, we'll finish all the little stuff up in the two apartments, make sure everything's good to go. And it, that'll be a self-sustaining unit over there now. And as we add apartments, all you gotta do is add the apartment, everything else is there. The laundry room will be up, they'll be able to do clothes this week. And I'm like, Lord, that was eight months worth of work. You know why I say that? It's because nobody wants to do the eight months worth of work. Everybody wants to do, and that's what we do in life. We think that, that things had to be put off to the wayside to finish that in eight months. And I didn't want to put things off to the wayside, but things had to go off to the wayside. What happens to everybody, they think, well, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing and I'll get to that later. You will never get to that. What you do is you throw this stuff off that means nothing. It might mean something. I'm not saying it means nothing. And you go do what needs to be done. And when you get that done, then you can come back and do this. Nobody wants to do that. Everybody wants to do, then they say, well, I will serve God when I, no, you won't. You know what you got to do? I'm going to tell you, you got to stop it, man. <laughs> you got to stop it and say, I'm going to do what the Lord tells me to do. And what's in front of me right now, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. Get it done. You know what you'll find out is your life will fly by. Pretty soon you'll be old and gray like me. And your life will be almost over. And you'll go, where did the time go? And you know what you'll say? Just like what I say, Lord, did I do enough? Did I do enough? Did I do enough? I've had people say, Mike, you do all kinds of stuff. I don't feel like I do nothing. I'm like, Lord, did I do enough? Could I do more? That's what happens to you. You'll start doing this stuff. And, and the ministry isn't always street preaching. And the ministry, the ministry is people and doing things for people. And if you don't do stuff for people, you're not in the ministry. If you're doing it for you, it's you're, you're not in the ministry. It has nothing to do with the ministry. It has nothing to do with the Lord, by the way. Joseph gets his bride. Zaphnath Paneah means a savior of the world. That's the name that the Pharaoh gave Joseph. Zaphnath Paneah means a savior, the savior of the world. Guess what Jesus said, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He's the savior of the world. Guess what? Joseph had no idea. How would he ever get into a place? He probably went up to, I could, yeah, I hear people say, well, he went up to Pharaoh and said, call me Zaphnath Paneah. How about that? No, the, that's what the Pharaoh gave him that name, which means the savior of the world. Asenath, his wife, dedicated to Nit, or Neph. Neph is uh, supposedly an Egyptian goddess who was an equivalent to Minerva. Others read, she who is devoted to Isis. So it's a, 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 a worldly god. So Joseph gets his bride out of the world. That's where he gets his bride. Jesus gets his bride, guess what? Out of the world. That's us. Perfect, perfect type, perfect type. Guess what you're supposed to be? A good bride. Uh, 46, and Joseph was 30. Look at this, man. I mean, it just don't quit. <laughs> it never quits. This thing just never, ever, ever quits. Go to, go to Luke chapter 3, 4, maybe 3, 4, something like that. Book of Luke somewhere. We'll find it. It's there. Hey, man, it's a blessing. I've, I've been in churches where they couldn't even find Luke. Luke, what's Luke? Luke, where are you at? I think he went out to the bathroom. No. Luke, Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus, also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape 
uh, like a dove upon him. This is his, his baptism. It's, in the, it's recorded several other places. A voice from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved son, and thee am I well pleased. And Jesus himself being to be about 30 years of age. His ministry starts at 30. Guess when Joseph's ministry starts? At 30. Guess what? He was in training all the way up to this point. He was in training to get himself to where he's going to listen to the Lord. You know what's wrong with a lot of us? You don't realize this, but God has to run you through some things to get you to a place where you can be used. Just because you're smart don't mean he's going to use you. Smart means nothing else. Smart will just get you in trouble. you got to learn how to be wise, wiser than a serpent. you got to learn how to be very, very slick, be harmless as a dove. you got to, you got to learn some things. you got to learn how to be humbled. I mean, you got to learn that. you got to learn. Uh, I thank God for running me through the Navy the way he did. I, I, I mean, every one of the guys I ever worked with, all the, all the leaders I worked with, uh, they all did the same thing. I mean, it was just like one right after the other. I don't care what ship I went on. They all did the same thing. And every single one of them tried to squish me. <laughs> but they did it in such a way that they told me they loved me. They were trying to teach me something in the process of running me through what I was going through. Is we know you can fix things, and we know that you are not stupid. But you got to remember, I'm the boss. And you work for me, and I let you do what you do. I remember I got to walk, I walked in uh, uh, Franklin. I love Franklin. Franklin, I'm going to have to look up Floyd Franklin. He was, he was the coolest senior chief in the whole wide world. But he was... I, I mean, I, I went in there at 2 o'clock in the morning in the Chiefs mess, and all the Chiefs were still up, fellowship, and yelling and screaming at each other and everything else. And senior Chiefs, master Chiefs, Chief Horvath, the Chief, was in there, and he's the one I was mad at. I'm an E6. I knock on the door. They let me come in, and I just start lay, land blasting Horvath. I mean, I just chew him up one side down the other. I leave. Hor, uh, <laughs> I go do what? I told him I wasn't going to do, but I went and fixed it. Then I went into the office, and Franklin was there, and I knew. I said, man, he's going to take me to Chiefs. That's what he should have done. He should have took me to uh, the Master Chief's mess, and they should have put me up to, to bust me <laughs> because of the insubordination that I just did in the Chief's mess. But it was contained in the Chief's mess, which was good. And I went there yelling and screaming, and, and, and Senior Chief said, Mike, you cannot, you cannot walk in the Chief's mess and yell at a Chief being an E6. You cannot do that. I'm like, but Senior, he goes, we all know he was wrong. He knows he was wrong. It doesn't matter. You cannot walk in there and chew out a chief in the chief's mess. You being an E6. Now, you will make chief. When you make chief, you can come in here and do that. He goes, but until you make chief, this is holy ground. You cannot do that. I said, okay. He goes, okay, nobody's mad at you. <laughs> and I was like, man, I said, you know what it is? What he was doing is he was like, hey, you can do whatever you, they wanted me to do the, uh, the uh, uh, shellback going across the, the equator. I wouldn't do it. I said, I ain't going to do it. Brethren, what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have a God, and you're not your own? Do you not realize that? For me to submit myself to that was a submitting Jesus Christ to that. I couldn't do it. I could not do it. What they were asking me to do was not something I couldn't do. It was something I wouldn't do, not to him. I said, I won't do it, man. I just will not do it. You know what senior looked at me? He said, Elliot. <laughs> he goes, you nut. He goes, go up and sit in the ET shop, man, until this is all done. That way nobody will bother you. I said, okay. So I go up in the ET shop, and I sit there and work on stuff. <laughs> we go across the equator, come back across, and it's all done and said, and, and everybody left me alone. Because they, they knew that what I believed, but what they did is they said, listen to what I tell you. Do what I tell you to do. And, and you got to do it. Joseph got there. 
Now he's in front of Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's going to tell Joseph what to do. He goes, but hey, Joseph, by the way, you're second, not first. You never hear Joseph get upset. Joseph just does what he's won. In Luke back there, it says in Joseph, back in Genesis 46, 40, 41, 46. And Joseph was 31, 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Uh, I just read that over there in Luke. Uh, in Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in, in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. So the power that was given to Joseph was given to him by Pharaoh on heaven and earth. Pharaoh, Egypt was the biggest kingdom in the world at the time. So uh, Pharaoh had it. Egypt had everything. He, and he turned it over to Joseph. All, all bar, no, no hands down. Joseph could do whatever he wanted to do. Uh, Colossians 126 says this, even the mystery which had been hidden from ages and from generations, but now made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of his ministry, or um, um, of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know what Jesus Christ gave you? He gave you the keys to the kingdom. And it's not just given to somebody who wants, that's why Eddie, I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't balk when the preacher down here said, well, Eddie, Eddie got saved down here. Pfft, I'm okay with that. I remember Dr. Roman, I'd listen to him all the time. He said, look, man, he said, I've seen people get saved 15, 20 times. He said, they really only get saved once. <clears throat> they, they're in the process of doing, they may jump the gun and never, but he said, one of the times it's going to take. He said, so if they get saved, uh, let them get saved again, baptize them again. He's got a believer's baptism. The other baptisms don't count. So every time they get saved, then remember, they got to get wet again. Uh, it's just they're following Jesus in baptism. they got to understand that the other ones don't count. This one, really, you're just going to get wet again. One of these days, you're going to finish getting wet, and you're actually going to get saved, and then you're going to get wet, and you're done. He told me down there, he goes, you know the biggest blessing we've had in our church in a long time is Eddie getting baptized. I said, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, man, he was in a wheelchair. He said it almost took 10 minutes to baptize him. Time we got him up on the platform, a couple of us get him down there, and then him trusting me to dunk him under the water with him with all his cancer. He had, he had brain cancer, so it was, it was messing his whole body up. And I was sitting there, I was just glorying in the Lord in front of this guy, as happy as I could be, knowing that Eddie and Trina went down there and actually encouraged another church. Yeah. I called Trina yesterday to see how she was doing. I said, sis, just want to let you know what your pastor told me. And she goes, well, Anchor's still my church, too. I said, well, you're more than welcome to come back here anytime you want to come back. I said, I just want to let you know what he said. I checked up on her. She's doing good. <clears throat> so in any case, Joseph was 30 years old. Uh, the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We have Jesus Christ in us today. I have the Lord in me. He's, he's uh, taking care of me. I've had him since 1980. Uh, what can this world, what can man do unto me? Nothing. It's one of these things you got to learn. It, whatever state I'm in, to be content. i got to be content with what I, what's ever happening to me. You never know what tomorrow brings. Joseph's a perfect example. In the prison cell, down in Potiphar's, to the prison, all the way down to the pit. I mean, he's down there. And you would think, well, it's all over. The typical person would think it's over. It's not over. It's not over until you take your last breath. And the Lord can do whatever. They throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the line. Do you ever read your book? They throw them into the fiery furnace. Hey, I don't care, man. Why do you think I would not do the chief's initiation or why I would not do the uh, going across the equator, the shellback? Because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't do it. And Daniel didn't do it. And if they didn't do it, then there's my example. You know how you get that? You read your Bible. 
and you say, I'm going to do it. Wait a minute. I got perfect examples here of somebody not doing something. Here's Joseph. He didn't do it. <clears throat> if he didn't do it, then I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. If they can do it and they didn't have Jesus Christ, I've got Jesus Christ. I can do it too. Now, I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I got to wait and find out. But I can trust Jesus. So I'm going to just drop it in his lap. Well, that preacher down there talked about Eddie when he said he got saved. He said, what I really realized is that Eddie finally surrendered. You know what's wrong with most people is we don't surrender. We just, we hold on to it. And we still think we are able to handle what we want to handle. And you got to get to the place where I am not my own. I'm his. And you have to turn that thing over to him and say, here it is. Uh, I, told, I told people here recently, I said, man, I would have loved to have been a great preacher. I'm not. I would have loved to have been able to call to all the churches around the world to preach. I'm not. You know what the Lord's given me is a church to take care of and some people and to help them, which is greater. Do you understand how great that is? The hardest thing to do is get over the foolish pride that we have. Some people are, Dr. Rutman was gifted in what he was doing. He's a rare bird like that. Everybody's not that gifted. Just because somebody asks you to come and preach doesn't mean you should go and preach. Everybody's not that gifted. Doc had something to give to every church. He went, there's other preachers the same way, but they're very few. We try to send people to Bible college, and everybody has to come out as evangelists or missionaries or preachers. Why can't you just come out as churchgoers? There's nothing wrong with that. Go out and get a job. Win people to Christ where you work. Uh, I just read that. I just read that. I read 46. 47, uh, we, uh, 47, and in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth by handfuls. So now it's coming. <clears throat> and there's really still no way to know if Joseph, what he said was true. You're not going to know that for seven more years. So the seven years come in by handfuls and he gathered up all the food, but they trusted him. Joseph had a testimony of such that Pharaoh trusted Joseph because of the dreams. God made those dreams so real to Pharaoh that when Joseph came in with those answers, that was strong enough in Pharaoh's life to put him in charge. Now, the rest of Egypt may or may not have agreed with that. It didn't really matter. Pharaoh, God went right to Pharaoh, put Joseph in charge. Joseph then set up everything, the granaries, started saving everything. It says, and he gathered up the food of the seven years, verse 48, which were in the land. He was busy about what he has done. He's very industrious. Uh, today, I think we're very lazy people. We're not industrious. We don't look at what God stuck in front of us and do it. Uh, what we do is we sit there and keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and putting it off, and you're just kicking a can down the road. Forget kicking a can down the road. You know why I did what I did over there in some apartments and Brother Mike and Brother Barry helped? So that we can get the burden off the church. Those apartments should never be a burden to this church. You guys should not have to supplement the apartments over there. If the apartments can't pay for themselves, like Jerry said, we ought to bulldoze them down. <clears throat> they, will, they will either pay for themselves or they won't. But the church itself should never have to pay to have somebody else, a living expense for somebody else. So you know what we have to do? You have to get over and do it. Now, Jerry looked at it initially and goes, there ain't no way, man. You guys are nuts. Right now, we're teetering on being balanced. The next couple to move in will throw us over the top, and those will be self-supporting units. And whatever we do past that will just get better and better and better, and eventually the whole place will be paid off. And, but the church itself was not, not uh, uh, affected by what's going on over it. We have shortly, in short term, we have been affected eight months. Uh, 
but it's going to turn around completely and that'll pay for itself. The church will regain all the money back that it's put in it. And you guys won't be liable for that piece of property. And it'll be yours. Now, brother, I'm telling you what, you know what that is? That's stopping what you're doing and then doing something else to get it done and then going back to what you're doing. And, and you learn that in life. Sometimes in life, you will have to stop things that you're doing to get something else done. You know what, the young people, I'm telling you what, what y'all need to do is take care of business and get yourself secure so that you can take care of life. <coughs> Don't wait down the road somewhere till you get to the place where you think, oh, well, now's the day. That day will never come. If you can't finish college, you can't finish school, you can't finish this, you can't finish that, you, if you can't do it today, you'll never do it six years down the road. I'm telling you what, it won't happen. He said, and he gathered up all the food of the seven years. He wasn't uh, uh, slothful. He was a hard worker. He put everybody to business. He knew exactly how to manage a thing. Uh, God gave him the ability to do that, which, uh, which were in the land of Egypt, and laid up the food in the cities, uh, the food in the fields, which was round about every city, and he laid it up the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea very much until he left off numbering, for it was without number. It's an amazing thing, man. He, he, he built everything, and they started counting. They tried to manage it, but God blessed the thing so much that pretty soon you couldn't even keep up with the managing. That's God in your life. Amen. Brother, I'm telling you what, you read these Old Testament stories, that's God in your life. He will dump so much stuff in your lap sometime that you can't keep up. He knows exactly what he wants you to do, and he, he will also, if he makes, calls you to do something, he will give you what it takes to do what he called you to do. He's not going to call you to do something that you have to figure out how to do it. That ain't the way he works. What he does is he says, do this, and then he will give you, enable you to do what he's going to call you to do. What's wrong with a lot of people is they get a, they get a burden, and then they try to make that into a calling, then they try to make it happen. And you can't do that. God will make the thing happen. Usually, in my life, I don't know how it works in yours, in my life, I'm always belly aching because I'm, I'm like, you got the wrong guy. You'll hear me say it all the time. He's got the wrong guy. I think he's just completely got the wrong guy, but he keeps putting stuff in front of me. And I'm like, but you got the wrong guy, but we keep doing it, doing it, doing it. And it keeps coming in, and everything keeps happening. And there it is. It gets done. And when it's all said and done, it's, it's finished. And it's like the Holy Spirit saying, I thought you said I had the wrong guy. I said, I did. This is easy stuff. This is easy. He goes, no, that wasn't easy. It just looked easy because y'all got it done. But if you had it done it, it wouldn't have looked. Could you imagine if Noah didn't do that ark? <laughs> Man, you wouldn't have hamburgers. There wouldn't have been no cows on that ark. You wouldn't have no burgers. You wouldn't have no T-bone steaks. Rump roast, you wouldn't have none of that. You would have, you would have shrimp. You would have shrimp. No, you wouldn't because you wouldn't be here. So you might as well hang that. The Lord had to make somebody else. You wouldn't have no bacon. You wouldn't have no eggs. You see all the stuff he did by, by doing that ark? He, he made sure that you had breakfast. You can go to IHOP now and get your pancakes and your eggs, and your bacon, and all that other stuff, because Noah built an ark a long, long time ago. Man, you ought to be thankful for a lot of stuff. Uh, Joseph gathered corn until it left off numbers. I mean, he couldn't number the thing. It just got so much. Uh, verse 50, and unto Joseph were born two sons. So in the last couple years of the good times, in the last couple years where uh, everything was going great, <laughs> Lord gave unto Joseph two boys, uh, uh, two sons before the years of the famine came, uh, which Asnath, the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of On, On bare unto him. 
And Joseph called the name of the first Manasseh, for God said unto him, He hath made me forget all my toil in my father's house. So Joseph has now got a life, and he's living his life, and he's in Egypt, and what went on in Canaan is kind of in the background there. It's still probably in his mind. But Manasseh is forgetfulness. God has gave him something over here to bless him, and he, he moved on. And the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God had caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And Ephraim means fruitfulness or double, double land. So uh, the Lord blessed Joseph for the, the effort that he was doing. And Joseph goes uh, down into verse, uh, let me get up to 53. Look at that, man, I got some time. And the seven years of plenteous uh, that was in the land of Egypt were, were ended. And the seven years of dearth began to come, according to the, as Joseph had said, and the dearth were, was in all the land, but in the land of Egypt there was bread. Now, there's something interesting there about that. I just read a passage. Let's see if I can find it. <laughs> it's probably in my other Bible. That's, what you, that's what's wrong with having too many Bibles. But he says, uh, we're not appointed to wrath. I'm pretty sure it's a f- uh, Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, might be 2 Thessalonians. Do, do, do. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Do, 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 do. I thought it was in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I just read it. My mind don't work like everybody else's does. Has anybody got a reference to wrath? Chapter 1. Chapter one? Chapter one. That might be it right there. I just read both through that both of those. Thank you very much. This is that it? First Thessalonians first Thessalonians five nine. Let's say for God, yeah, there it is right here. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So Joseph's is a type of Jesus Christ. He's married to a prince, princess, which is a type of the church or the type of the, his bride. And the famine's getting ready to come in. And guess what? His wife never had to worry about food. His wife never had to worry about housing. His wife never had a fear. You know, the Lord takes care of you, man. I don't know about you, but I have been taken care of. I've been doing this thing for 40 years, 44 years now. And uh, I keep going back over to Proverbs where it says, don't give me too much, don't give me too little. And he, the Lord's always kept me like right there in the middle. It's almost like he says, well, that's what you asked for. And, and he goes, and the outcome of that is, is I won't curse him and I won't forget him. If he gives you too much, you know what you probably do? You forget him. Why do you need him? You got too much stuff. What he does is he gives you right what you need, and he keeps you going. I've got like 40 pounds I need to lose again. And you say, what is that? I lost them, and I got them back. You say, why did you get them back? Because he's been taking care of me. And he, go, and he talks about the fat people in, in the Psalms, man. He'll make you fat. So he may be fat. I'm happy with that, man. I'm not, I'm not sad with I was, uh, I was talking to my daughter, or niece, niece yesterday. She's got diabetes. And she said uh, she's eating all kinds of junk food. And I'm like, she goes, well, I would rather eat junk food and die and enjoy what I'm 
look at a Grinch. I see the Grinch thing there, man. Flashing. It's flashing. Tell me it's 1050 is what it is. Is that what you're doing? You taking Jerry's place? <laughs> Tina's got this necklace on. It's a Grinch necklace. And it's all flashing all over the place. Her daughter just reached over and turned it on. But uh, she must not like what I'm getting here. So I, I think I'll stay right here, man. Uh, but the seven years of plenteous was at, at the end. The seven years of dearth began to come, according to all Joseph had said. And the dearth was in the, all the land. But in the land of Egypt, there was bread. She had everything in the world to take care of her. The Lord provided everything. Uh, he'll provide everything for you. All you got to do is trust him. It's really called trust. It's faith and trust. And once you get to that place where you just trust him, you start watch, watching it happen. You'll, you may end up like the beggar at the rich man's gate and the dog's licking your sores. But you got Jesus. What more would you possibly want? You may be like the rich man, and, and some of the rich men had money, and, and Joseph of Arimathea had money. And that's okay, if whatever God gives, but if you're content in whatever state you are, that's where God gets the glory. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Uh, thank you for stories through our Bible, Lord, that we can read constantly, and it just talks about you and shows us your character and how you are. Lord, how you deal with your servants and how you take care of us, Lord, and, and watch over us. Lord, I want to just thank you for letting us come to church on a Sunday morning. Father, again, uh, I pray for those coming in that you'd bless them to be with Trina. Uh, Lord, and, uh, and just with the funeral that's coming up this weekend for Yvonne, I just pray that you put your hand there. Father, again, thank you for all your blessings, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.